Recording in progress. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Jaws Christ Talk on today, on November 28th, 2022, and we have myself, Jennifer, Kurt Roscoff, and John Tarr. Um, please be sure to share and subscribe to our, our pages or whatever, wherever you found us. So now let's get to the show. I'm going to pass, pass over to you, John. Thank you, Emily, and welcome, everybody. Please be sure to look us up, Jaws Coffee Chat, on all your favorite social medias. And uh, if you want to see us live, please go to Jaws Coffee Chat on YouTube. Follow us there if you want to join to watch us live next time. And on to the show. So, John, I got an interesting story. Okay. So you know yeah. how I I talk about like this path of my recovery from brain surgery and the brain surgery that was to treat my epilepsy that was one of the worst thirty cases in the country in twenty nineteen. Right. Okay. Right. So at that doctor's appointment where I had the EEG done, uh, two Fridays ago, it had no signs of any activity. It was seizure-free readings. So they've they've de greatly decreased that one medicine, and I remain mm -hmm. seizure-free. And in the doctor's appointment, afterwards, they figured out my device that's in my chest, my vagal nerve stimulator that I've had since I was 18, because I failed all the seizure medications on the market. I've had that surgery six times. And it was a device that they always upgrade, and I got the latest, trying to control my seizures. Turns out, here I'm seizure-free, they found in the EEG, but they also found out that my device had already been dead. There was no battery left. Wow. Talk about God working, right? Yeah. Interesting. So I'm, oh, up, for, I'm up for surgery. My pre-op is December 6th. My surgery is... December 12th, where the device will be permanently removed and I'll no longer need it in my body at all. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's Christ great. is working, isn't he? The more you know, I've prayed, um, I've prayed if God wanted me to return to working full time, he would make it possible by healing me of different conditions or making them manageable with medication so that I could. And then this is what he's doing. He's answering a prayer. Well, that's great. Yeah, when I saw my doctor last, he uh, I got a new doctor that came to my house. And he took me off of three medications. Um, and I've been 
asking for that to happen so I didn't take so many medications, you know. And how are you feeling um, off of it now that God's blessed you with being removed from 30? I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, I like that. But it's hard to tell for sure because I was so sick there for a little while. And I'm not feeling so great right now either after our last talk. I had like a wave hit me and I just ran out of all kinds of uh, energy. <clears throat> but I'm here. Yeah. Well, you know, Satan works in, works in many ways trying to prevent us from doing what Christ wants us to do. Right. So we don't know if that could be like where, I don't know, I've told you about this bad season where I, I've been a victim of certain types of crime, three crimes lately in the last, uh, in just uh, September, October, I was a victim of three crimes locally. And three, as, three yeah, but um, they're just, they're still investigating, so I can't say you know what they were, but um, or anything related. But still, that to say that I've been through that, and then I have kept my eyes on the Lord, looking up. Satan has really challenged my faith, and I wonder if he's challenging yours too, because I've got stuff like that happening. I have the week last week I had with my stepmom and her mental health. And then yet, look, look where, where my heart's been, where my eyes have been looking up and still looking forward to the time, that one hour in the evening to spend my time in the Bible and know that God will carry me through it. Satan's trying to pull me down. Here, God is keeping me, continuing to pull me up. Wow. You know, the Bible says that we have both good and bad seasons in life spirit, based on our spiritual walk because we'll have good seasons and then Satan will try to, you know, impair it by having different bad things happen. And other times it's because we, we did wrong and we didn't obey Christ. So we went our own realm still where he told us to go. So we ended up bringing it on ourselves by just disobeying what he told us. So sometimes it's our fault. Other times it's because we did what was right. Yeah, listening to how God talks to us is really different from one person to the next. But sometimes we hear it real clear. And other times it's kind of muddy. So we ask to ask for clarity. What are you actually saying to me here? And where do you want me to go? And many times he speaks to us through the through the scriptures, you know. What is he what is he actually asking for me? It's been a blessing. My wife is an on fire Christian, so sometimes she helps me to navigate what he might be saying to me, you know, so I've got to, you know, when we have a, we're, we're tied up like at a marriage or something like that. <clears throat> and that's why it's so important to have a partner that is a believer because many times something will happen and I'll ask her, 
what's your opinion on this? What do you think God is saying here? And she's very clear many times. But if she doesn't know, she tells me she doesn't know. And then we'll pray for uh, clarity for both of us. So in that case, uh, with my wife or a partner like that, it can be very beneficial. So I know when you're single, you're alone, you need to really search what it is that God is trying to say to you. Or just being alone, does, does, being, does being single really mean alone versus having strong believers as close friends, neighbors, you know, work-related people, and other ways that we can know them. Maybe people, somebody that's listening is in school and they are part of the Baptist Student Union or some other Christian group. That's how they know people at their school that are also the leaders as well as the other um, students that choose to follow Christ, you know? Yep, that's why you need to collaborate. You need to have really good, strong Christian friends, either at church or on your own, so you can have conversations, and sometimes they're very deep conversations that you can, um, you know, open your heart and be feel safe. That's the big but thing. It's also, it's also a matter of... of looking around to find those who truly know Christ and have him as a number one priority for then accepting what they have to say to you versus um, going to someone that speaks but does not act. Somebody can speak the name and claim it, but then they can go right around and go drinking or do something else that's that's not supportive of their faith, you know? Right. And that's in this culture, in this day and age that we live in, um, you got to be very careful of the friends you make. Um, right. Because you know, I'm talking about what there's those, those fake Christians, you know, and they will actually lead the believer further away. Right, I have a, a grandson, too, that is very much uh, a part of the Christian faith, and he just graduated with a degree. Um, and sometimes when I'm thinking of something that is for apologetics, I'll, I'll cross it with him and say, what do you think of this topic? What do you think? Do um, you think this is good or bad? And... Um, He's pretty heady, and he really researches a lot of stuff. So, you know, here I am, 70 years old, and he's 25. But he's very smart that way. Um, and then sometimes he calls me and says, hey, Grandpa, what do you think of this? So I'll tell him what I think. But I, we have a relationship that is very trustworthy between both of us. So I think that's what you got to try to track down. Um, if you go to a church and and um, besides the regular service, if you go to a Bible study at the church, 
try to make some strong friendships through that Bible study or some of the other things that are in there. But I'd like to say, speaking of Bible study, a lot of people believe that churches only have Bible studies that are on Sunday or whichever day is their um, worship service and or Wednesday. And honestly, if you if you ask different people that work at the church, most churches, unless they're very small, have some kind of Bible study during the week. That for people that work weekend jobs, especially minimum wage and others that require, or like working for a hospital and others that require them to work on a seven days a week schedule, even if it's rotating of which day is off, that still, just because they can't go on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, doesn't mean they can't go to Bible study. Like for, right. for uh, women, there's even the one I go to during the week that's virtual called Aspire, Aspiring Women for Excellence, A-W-E, by Lady Kendra. And that one's for only for women of all ages, and it's virtual. But still, I don't know any for men, but I can tell you that, you know, almost every church has either, either a women's ministry and a men's ministry, or they have just one ministry of Bibles there by studies that happen during the week that's the intermingle of both men and women in the same classes. But I'm just saying, so not going to a Bible study because somebody works weekends or Wednesday night is not an excuse. A lot of people don't realize all these Bible studies that go on during the week. Like my church has stuff on Thursday as well as Monday and Tuesday during the morning or during the evening. Right. My wife goes, um, she works at Hobby Lobby and she works at 12 o'clock on Wednesdays. And she started going to a Bible study with my daughter-in-law on Wednesday mornings at nine o'clock. So it's actually perfect. They get out of that at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock after they visit and stuff. And she has plenty of time to get to work. So she's been really fed. It's a really powerful uh, Bible study for women. She really likes it a lot. But that one is, you have to go to in person. Well, yeah, there's a lot of those. But there's also a lot, if they go on meetup.com, they can find Bible studies. Um, or even other Christian stuff, like Christian networking, where you get to meet other Christians. And then use the others that you meet to create a Bible study through the different people you meet in those Christian networking. There's a lot of different Christian groups, uh, if not Bible studies, or both, on Meetup. And that's where I initially found Lady Kendra's um, Bible study two years ago. She started it during the pandemic, and that's how she to help uh, Christians be able to continue to worship and fellowship, get together to pray and mingle and fellowship and all, learning more about the Bible and so forth in spite of the lockdown. And she was one of those people that made the difference because she saw a problem and fixed it by going using Zoom. So, you know, for people like you and you and me, John, 
that like I know at least myself I can't drive well that's not a this and that too is not or not having a car it's not an excuse for not uh, being in some kind of Bible study to fellowship with the Lord you know right pre-pandemic it may have been accurate but since the pandemic a lot more stuff is virtual in addition to in person right. Yeah, we live in a time and age, uh, especially with technical. Um, look at all the different ways we can connect. And this Zoom thing and what we're doing right here was just Christ Talk or our podcast is a perfect example. Right. I'm trying to see if I can find that Aspire Women for Excellence. Here I'm about to post, uh, I found them on their uh, meetup group link. So here I'm about to show this women's. <clears throat> this is the women's um, Bible study I attend. Meetup.com slash aspire dash women dash four dash excellence or go to meetup.com and look up aspire a-s-p-i-r-e women for excellence to find lady kendra's women's bible study and other stuff like mm. uh entrepreneur groups she calls them entrepreneurs <laughs> and other events networking coffee um chats that are social social events for different women who know and follow Christ or would like to know and follow Christ. You know, the one uh, group that really helps my wife and I, uh, uh -huh. we're big followers of John MacArthur. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a preacher out of California. He's, uh, I've heard of John McCarthy, but not John MacArthur. Yeah, John MacArthur, and he's got all kinds of uh, YouTube preaching things that he does on specific topics and stuff like that. He's really good, and I've never really ran across anything that I disagreed wholeheartedly about. And they have... Yeah, uh, but, let's, but wait a minute. That's something you can listen to or watch versus I'm talking about something where they could actually interact with other Christians. Well, they do. They actually, uh, uh, through his church, you can uh -huh. listen to what he, he just taught. 
and then actually go to a specific Bible study that you can have a conversation about it, you know, because sometimes it his YouTube preaching isn't, yeah, but the other thing is, but I haven't gotten on there and, and did one of those yet, but you have to go to his, uh, I think it's called Grace Today. I'll find out the exact uh, address for yeah, that. Yeah, because I was going to say, that would be, that would limit it only to people in that certain area versus this people can attend for interaction virtually from anywhere. So, if that one's one of those uh, typical churches that that's you know brick and mortar, and then that they air, then that wouldn't apply to most of our listeners because most of our listeners probably are not local to you, or me, but still. Right. <clears throat> but that's why I like this one because it's online, so you can you can attend from anywhere. It's not just okay. watching a video so, and having to go in person. So this is a uh, a meetup group. Yes, but it's also a ministry because that's a certain ministry that lists their events on Meetup. Okay, so it's an actual Meetup. Yeah, but we meet virtually just like you and I are doing right now. Okay. But we have Bible studies on our virtual sessions. How do you like them? I love it. That, 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 that's, why, that's why I speak so well about Lady Kendra's ministry, it's helped me grow and that's what got me from where I used to be to where I am now. Before, I wouldn't have done anything like this speaking the name where the whole world could hear us. <laughs> her, her ministry has helped me find my, my calling. And not to say God didn't also, after I gave my life to him fully as far as submitted to his will and not my own, that God didn't open the door for Emily saw a future in me, and she gave. She told it to Kurt. They got me first on the on their podcast as a co-host, and then later to the point of having my own podcast. I mean, but okay. that started with Lady Kendra and me finding her own meetup. Okay, so this address you got right here is the link to go to it. Mm -hmm. Meetup.com. Aspire Women for Excellence. Right, because Aspire Women for Excellence is the name of her name of her ministry. Okay, but I found them on Meetup. But um, anyways, it's something that that happens virtual, and we have conversations like you and I. Only we have Bible study going on at the same time, and talk about our answers to different studies. So that's okay. why I prefer mentioning stuff like this versus what I think you're talking about are videos they can watch. But that's not interaction and fellowship. You know what I'm saying? Got it. <clears throat> Versus this being an online virtual church. Yeah, there's a lot of different things out there now. You know? Yeah, and they may I find another one on Meetup too. It depends on where's their area. And if they, they could look on Meetup and see if there's a in-person near them, you know, near the listeners, or listeners could even search Google for online churches and so forth. Um, it's just that's why I see as the answer for those who don't have transportation uh, so they can still interact and have fellowship and have Bible study interacting with other Christians in the church 
even if they're like me where they don't drive and they don't have a way to get around town. And that's why I say joining a Bible study is still, as of now, since the pandemic, uh, you can go to church without having a driver's license, without having a car or anything, by just going on to something like Meetup to find an online one. So is there any uh, topic you'd like to cover today? Well, I was just really enthusiastic about, you know, God being at work and answering my prayer. And, and it sounds like God's answered your prayer, too, about reducing your medication and with me, uh, recovering me from a lot of my conditions, lowering my medical bills. Because, you know, in this case, the surgery, instead of being every three years, um, it will be the one time is the last time. Yeah, medical bills can be very, very stressful. Um, it could get to another whole level, too. Um, I haven't had a whole lot. Um, my family has gone through a lot with our, a wedding in our family <clears throat> at the beginning of this month. And that really, that took a lot of stress for a, a lot of our family. Um, so Thanksgiving, we really toned that way down and a bunch of us really didn't get together. Only a couple of us did because we needed that time away because we had spent like four days in a row with the whole family going through this whole wedding that really kind of knocked out everybody. And there was a bunch of us that got sick afterwards, um, including me and my wife. And uh, I just know at the wedding how I saw my family and I saw all the bl blessings from God through the years uh, of keeping our family together. Um, because we had, we had a lot on our plate we had, and dealing with some of my background and some of my anger issues and uppers, uh, within the family that I am shameful for and how I prayed very hard that God would correct some of those things. And then at the wedding, especially during the service and then at the reception, just looking uh, at all the different people within our family, how he actually answered that prayer, you know, calmed my heart way down and then just saw, and I, I kind of visited each person in my family visually um, and just looked at how he just, blessed us and how he blessed each individual that was there you know so i can say god has been very very active in our life from the youngest to the oldest and that's very true 
Because even for people who don't see it, they don't see God working. That doesn't mean he's not. Sometimes it can get really nasty before it gets better. I oh, think yeah, the that's what I was talking about with the, with, the, with the bad seasons in life. Remember, like I was talking about all that I'm going through? And it's hard in the bad season to, um, you know, continue to be strong in faith. But if you study the Bible regularly and regularly attend a, a Bible study group with your friends or people at your church and go to church and, uh, you know, pray, so forth, that's regularly having time with Christ in addition to time with others who know Christ, then you'll end up have, being a lot better off because you'll have a lot stronger faith over time. And especially if you give it your whole heart and pray that God will will touch your heart and reach you to make him as your top priority, then you'll be amazed with how much you can handle without without doubting God. Your faith can get so strong that you could be through anything like Job was and still have 100% faith and know that he's there. Mm. You know, sometimes our faith uh, wavers. That's early uh, on, yes. But if you get to know him with regular study over a long period of time, that won't yeah. that won't happen as much. And the stronger your faith gets, is the less that's able to happen. Yeah, and the fact that you've gone through a lot of things in your life and you have a record of how God has answered certain prayers. You know, um my wife has a saying up in our kitchen that says, am I being blessed with the things I asked for previously in prayer? Am I being blessed right now? You know, sometimes we toss a prayer out there and we forget about it. And then we get blessed in a certain way and we go, oh, yeah, I remember now. I remember praying for that. Um, that <laughs> stuff so much. A lot of people don't you keep know? record of their of their prayers, so they're not able to often see that. Yeah, but I think it's important to try to do that, especially really big, important things. Um, not so much in material things, but the, um, relationships. That's where prayers are huge. Uh, dealing with relationships, dealing with uh, forgiveness, you know, all those kind of things are really hard, especially forgiveness. So, you know, we got to, how does God deal with that? How does God deal with individuals when they've had a blowout, you know, and that unforgiveness towards each other? Which is a big deal in families, but also friendships. You know, all friendships go through a trial, but families do especially. How to how to ask God how to um, how do I shut up and listen? How do I deal with these relationships that are very different than me? Um, envy. Uh, within our our own place, I know families are families can be very difficult. 
especially if you have a history um, of different things that have happened growing up. And if your parents were not real verbal parents and, and did not make it a, um, make sure that the children talked out certain things between each other. I know with my three boys, if it wasn't for my wife, Monica, interceding and jumping in the middle of different issues, my boys would not um, get along like they do now. She was a very hands-on mother. And when she saw me going off the rails, she would very, very much get involved. Um, so it was a big deal in our family to have conversations with each other. And when there was um, certain things that were affecting individuals or the family as a whole, she would get involved and then call a, a timeout. She would do a lot of things one, like once a week and have a conversation. So that has all kind of uh, followed all of us, even though the boys are all married now and have children of their own. Th this is an issue, and it all hasn't always been easy. Uh, a lot of it has been very hard, you know, and, and especially for me, who never had this type of relationship with his parents to be able to do this and to trust a mother that would be um, on top of relationship oriented. She was very uh, relationship oriented and she made sure everybody else was. Now we have these uh, major conversations with um, parents, grandparents and grandchildren. Everybody is very much involved. And the, and the person that was the hardest to get on board all of this was me. Right. I didn't have parents. I didn't have parents or a mother or a father that really valued relationship. And, if and you this don't is talking about spiritually it, or even psychologically? Uh, both. Both. Okay. Um, especially within families. Um, because things can go off the rails very quickly there because there's a lot of bad blood sometimes that occurs that I, if it's not dealt with, it can follow people all the way into their adulthood. And there's a lot of families that we run into even now today that the kids don't get along with each other. You know, and I, I look at it and I just think, oh, my gosh, we were really blessed. And we didn't know it till much later, you know. Right. So and, and if you go through scripture, go through especially the Old Testament, but New Testament, too. God is all about relationships. He's all about. And ha having talks talking about uh, forgiveness and stuff like that. I think many times, and he's he always pulls out like a, a um, like out of the Old Testament, the um, prodigal son. 
he's always uh, working and talking about family relationships. That is a very powerful section about a father and son relationship, a uh, two brothers relationship, because if you look at the end of that, uh, the two, the one brother was jealous. He was irritated that a father gave gave him his inheritance and let him come back scot free. So, if you look at a lot of the parables that God uses, it has to do with family, and that's because we all understand family so much. Um, why does God use parables so much? It's because we're kind of dense, and uh, right. It takes it takes a picture, a picture story for us to get a grasp or an understanding. Some things, especially family relationships, are very complex. How does this work? How does this happen? You know. So it's it's that way. It's like David when he was de dealing with uh, Jonathan, and Jonathan was uh, his best friend, really, but. Had Jonathan's father was uh, hated David. So there are just so many things that occur. And if you look at David's family and his one daughter that got raped by her brother, and then uh, you know it's you just you just look at all these family histories and stuff like that. It's just, uh, and I think that's why David had. Uh, who was his son that, that had such a, a problem because his, his sister got raped? I forget who that was. Anyways, yeah. <clears throat> it's just the relationships throughout the whole Old Testament. When you look at it, you know, David committed murder. He had one of his top generals murdered. Uh, because he wanted to have sex with his wife, you know. But after that was all done and said, it was amazing how God uh, said that he was after his own heart. David was after God's own heart. And I always thought about that after all that had happened with the family. Uh, I was like, wow, how did that come about? How did that happen? I thought my family was goofy in some ways, but David's family was really off the rails for a long time. But that's the thing about the Christian faith. It has, it, there's no problem about airing the dirty laundry in front of everybody and saying, this is what happened to us. This is what's going on. Um, right. Got, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we just got to take it all in stride kind of dissect it a little bit and say, what happened here, God? What was going on? And what what is what is it you're trying to tell me by that that situation that happened? I don't want that to just disappear into the ether. I know there's a story here that you need me uh, to grasp and to understand. And I want to know what that is. Please help me to understand. And God will do that. It may not happen immediately. It may take a little while. If you're reading scripture, and even if you're watching a program on TV, all of a sudden, it, uh, that whole thing that you 
or asking for is presented out there in front of you. And sometimes it just blows your mind away. It's like, wow, God used an absolute perfect moment for me to understand this. I've had to, because of some of the things that happened to me and my, my boys as they grow up. I have one son that's 50, another one that is 48, and my youngest son is 43. And they all have kids. We have seven grandchildren. But um, I've had to go back to them from time to time and apologize and ask them for forgiveness and how I reacted and how I acted. And also how I treated the mother at certain times that they saw. Okay. And I think that has gone a long way for healing our family. Because Definitely. I think when, when things happen within a family, we really don't know what the thinking was behind it. So I, when I do apologize, and I do from time to time now, I just tell them, this is what I was thinking. It wasn't real clear. Uh, like we were talking about earlier about glucose. Or maybe, or maybe this is what I perceived from what you said versus what you may have intended. Right, that too. That too. We don't know what is totally on a certain person's mind. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we, we've got to ask God for... Um, we got to ask for enlightenment, especially when it comes to our siblings. What were they thinking? What was going on? Um, what were we thinking? <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, because sometimes we don't even know what we're thinking. Sometimes we reacted in such a way that we weren't thinking. We weren't well, thinking. Or we reacted without thinking because. Because of like certain things related to our medical stuff, like fight and flight mode, right? We instinctively just act. Right. Absolutely. I know with me, with my anger issues developed when I was a kid growing up in the household that I grew up in. And uh, the sarcastic attitudes and sarcastic tones that were used on a regular basis. And I became very good at sarcasm. And the Bible says sarcasm is the ripping of flesh. And when I heard that the first time, I was like, oh, my God. I've been ripping flesh, especially those that I have told that I loved. Where in Scripture does uh, it say that? Do you know the reference? It's uh, Old Testament. Um, pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. I'll see, see if I can uh, think about it. Not all sarcasm is that way. Sometimes there's fun sarcasm, okay? It's it's being playful with somebody. But you got to be very careful because it could go off the rails very easily. And then you can start whacking somebody like with a, a baseball bat or a shovel. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of well, sarcasm. Well, it's taken the wrong way, or you did it based on something that somebody cannot help, like about them being disabled or certain skin colors or whatever. Right. One thing I have realized is when I'm talking to somebody, 
I have to be very careful and listen to what they're saying. And if I say something, I try to look at their eyes and their face and try to figure out how they're taking it. Because I don't know. Because a lot of times they have a different history mentally, right? right? Right. So I think when Jesus talked to a lot of people, he had this eye contact, you know? And he was say things he would ask them questions a lot of times because he wanted to try to find out where they're at i think he knew where they were at but sometimes they didn't know where they were at so he would ask them questions first because uh, if you go through everything out of the new testament he was always asking questions why was that wasn't that he didn't know because he was god but I don't think that person knew. That person really fully understood. Uh, many times the questions they were asking him. Because um, he would turn around and come back and say, have you not heard? Have you not understood? You know, and if they were real truthful, they would say, no, can you help me? It was just like that one um, centurion when Jesus, uh, uh, when he came to him and asked him to heal his servant, and Jesus said, yes, I'll go with you. And uh, and the um, Roman soldier said, you don't need to come with me. The mere fact that you will say he would be healed is enough for me. Um, so many times I think we just need to understand. Sometimes we're not always going to get the right answer or the answer we're looking for. But Jesus would always have a one-on-one, and he was always looking at people and asking them questions. Um, so I think in a lot of ways, we need to do that. I'm not good at that. I need the practices, and that's why I'm saying it right here. But many times, if we just ask somebody questions, it just helps them. They want, they've wanted to say this out loud for a long time and do you have a, a help for them do you have you gone through something like this yourself and until that question is asked i don't think we know dealing with human beings is a very very complicated um situation well and even being a human I, is even being a human is hard. Because you're yes. like stuck right in the middle between Satan and God. <laughs> Heaven and hell. You got the good, but you also got to deal with the bad. <laughs> and I think because God knows life on this planet is very complicated. And it's a real hard boot camp for many, many people in all walks of life, no matter what country you come from, what day and age, no matter what, this is a very hard place. And I think God takes that into account very much because he put us, each individual, and our spark of life into this shell of a body at this specific point in time, knowing what's going to occur in that life. Um, and 
Will it be beneficial to us? Will we um, eventually end up finding Jesus and spending eternity with him? How does that look? How does that happen? You know, a lot of it is a real mystery. But a lot of it's not, too, when he talks about it. And he talks about giving us a free will. When you talk about giving free will to individuals, we don't have a total free will. We didn't ask to be born at this time and place. God put us there. But through this lifetime, we do have certain free will on what we need to deal with and do. Um, I look back in my life and I think about all of the, the decisions that I've made and how I've blown it so many times over and over. You know, you think about uh, what was that movie with Jimmy Stewart? It's a Wonderful Life. Do you remember that? I don't know. Mm -mm. Okay. That, I couldn't that, go to the movies you know, before brain surgery. Okay. It was called uh, A Wonderful Life, with, uh, and he made it in 1948 with Donna Reed. And he went through his life not being able to do what he wanted to do in his life, which was travel. And he always had to take over for his father who ran a bank. And it came to the point at one point in his life that he asked God that he wished he would never was never born. So oh, God I've sent heard that. Him, You're right. God sent him an angel called Clarence that uh, made it so he was still alive, but he was never born. So he went back to see how everything had happened in the town. And it was really enlightening. It was like uh, one of the few times God sees us when we've been taking out of a situation or a lifetime. What happened? What happened to all those that were around him? So the movie is very powerful. It comes out every Christmas. It's black and white. And many people say it's one of their top five movies of their whole life, even though it was made all the way back in 1948. The message in it is enormously powerful, especially for Christians also. Um yeah, there's, there's some issues in parts of it, you know, that uh, I want to know how scriptural it is. But when you start thinking about it and thinking about what he went through, uh, it was very powerful. Because there's been times I thought of that myself, you know, right. especially when you've had a big fight with your family and everybody is mad at you. Would it have been better for me never to have been born? And how would things been real radically different. So since we're in the Christmas and Thanksgiving time right now, I just really recommend people go see it. Um, it should, you should be able to track it down for free. It's in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably it's on just YouTube, YouTube, Netflix, and a lot of other stuff like that. Yeah. Careflix. I just watched it the other day. That's why it's really sharpened my brain. And I tell you what, I've seen that movie maybe 30 times. And by the end, I'm in tears. Because I really can put myself into his character. 
and what occurred and then how different people came together at the end. Um, you know, what? only God knows where a certain soul should go and why. Um, it's called middle knowledge, and only God has that capability. But that movie gave a perfect example what middle knowledge might look like, especially from God's perspective. And I was like, you know, every time I watch it, I'm, my grandson and I have talked about that on a number of occasions. And he's the one that came up with it first. He said, don't you think the whole background of this movie is like middle knowledge for God? God knowing what a certain human being will do or not do in certain situations, you know. So that gave human beings an opportunity to see both sides of that coin. And I, I, if that doesn't give you pause for thought, I don't think anything will. So anyways, That's true. Uh, it's a good movie to watch this time of year. Emily? Yes. Back to you. Anybody have any announcements they'd like to share? Do you have any announcements, John or Emily? No. Uh, just wanted to uh, let everybody know that Kurt Raskoff's birthday is on Wednesday, and everybody is invited to join in to celebrate. Um, and as well as um, the International Day of Happiness is uh, March 17th, 2023, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific. Tickets are $20 right now. So, encourage everybody to get their tickets ASAP. Otherwise, prices will be going up in a couple months. So I think that's all I have for you at the moment. Okay, and then uh, if you'd like to be part of the Jaws Coffee Chat team and a part of our podcast behind the scenes or live on here with us, we are looking for a virtual assistant as well as a social media manager slash marketer who would be in charge of the social media and other aspects of marketing uh, based on what other skills you bring to the table. Um, and so if you're interested in being a virtual assistant, social media candidate, um, co-host, or so forth, um, we ask that you get on our calendar by going to calendly.com slash Jen's Books and More. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com slash J-E-N-N-S Books and More. Um, if you will, please go there and uh, put in the notes why you want to be a part of the team, like what you bring to the table and why you want to be part of our team versus any other team. Also, um, if you are listening or watching us now and you would like to be a guest on our show, 
we ask that you go to Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com slash Jaws Coffee Chat. That's Calendly.com slash J-A-W-S Coffee Chat. Back to you, Emily. I want to thank everybody, John and Kurt, and for, having her, for being here, and as well as everybody who has tuned in. Our next episode of uh, Jaws Chris Talk is next Monday, December 5th. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our channels or pages wherever you found us and check out our website to find out more about this and other shows at jensbooksandmore.com as j-e-n-n-s booksandmore.com until next time i wish you a productive and enjoyable week